I'm excited, man. I'm excited about the work this morning. I'm excited about our series. I'm excited about our series that we're going to continue um, as we move forward. So the last couple of weeks, Pastor Kevin has been doing a phenomenal job teaching and preaching on, the, on mindset. Um, and he's been challenging us to make sure that we have the right mindset so that the things that we see in our lives, they line up with the promises that God has made us. All right. If you don't have the right mindset, you can uh, miss out on so many countless opportunities that God has afforded us um, through his death, burial and resurrection. And we'll end up asking ourselves, where are the promises? Where are the things that God is calling? And what are the things that he said he would do for us? But then we go back and it's not that God didn't do it. Sometimes it's because we didn't have the right mindset. So we're going to continue. Yeah, that's a great place to clap. <laughs> so we're going to continue in this series called Mindset. Um, and so I was thinking this week when Pastor Kevin called me, he said, D, I, I need you to preach for me. And I, um, I was praying. I certainly knew how powerful the series has been. So I wanted to continue to um, go down that same vein. And so one of the things I want to talk about this morning is I want to take you guys a little ways back. And then I'm going to show you a picture. I think he is gone. So I will deny I ever showed this picture to anybody. Um, if you guys say something about it, all right, you'll see it later. You'll understand why later. But a couple years ago, there was an epidemic, or I shouldn't say epidemic, but there was this fad, there was this, 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 this craze that went through where everybody was walking around with these bracelets on, and these bracelets had four letters, and they were WWJD. And, and people put it on bumper stickers, they put it on their cars, they put it on their T-shirts. Everybody was walking around, and everybody was asking, what would... All right, cool. That was good, right? They would ask the question, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And the purpose of that was to try to create a mindset within individuals that as they began to encounter countless situations, they wouldn't react as the world would react, but they would take a moment to pause and say, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in the situation that we're going through? What is it that Jesus would do? How would Jesus handle the situation? And so today, I believe what he, those bracelets was trying to convey is that we have to make sure we have the, the same mindset as Christ. Because life happens so fast, you don't sometimes get this rewind button and you'll do something or you'll say something or you'll react in such a way that you wish life had a, re, a rewind button and you could go back and redo it. But then you look at it and sometimes it causes some difficult consequences in our lives. And so my prayer is that as we go through this thing called life, our mindset would always be to have Jesus walking before us. Jesus would be our God. He would be the Holy Spirit directing us. And as we go down this road, we would be able to save ourselves a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of disappointment, and be able to receive the promises of God. All right. So I've been preaching for ugh, about 15 years. And so when I started preaching, my wife, she had McKenzie. She was about this tall. Um, Channon was about this tall. And then uh, Kyle was a little smaller. They were 18 months apart. And so there's a picture. <laughs> I didn't show you all that picture. But this is a picture of Kyle. Uh, Kyle was probably wearing, I don't know, he was, we were, that was, had to be at least eight, nine years ago. He's 14 now, so he's even younger than that. So anyway, my purpose in showing you this picture was I walked in such a way. You can leave it up there for a little bit. Then you marvel how pretty my son is. 
But what happened was, and the reason why I showed you that picture is because as I continued to go through the calling and do what God had called me to do, I had a little kid that was watching me. I had a kid that was watching me and emulating me. And Taquasi, you probably remember that picture. We were on Columbia Street, and this was before service, and I was back in my office. And when I came back to the, to the sanctuary, that's what he was doing. I wish I had another video that's probably about four or five years earlier than that. And that video was when Channing was a little small kid. And I was, again, coming from my study and getting ready to come and start worship service. And he had pulled my, my chair up to the podium. And he couldn't even articulate words. He was just making the sounds. But he had, his mic he had a microphone in his hand. And he was preaching. And his little brother was standing in front of him. And they were captivated by God's presence and what God was calling me to do. And so it's important to pause and make sure you guys understand that everything that you do, somebody's watching. When you go through trials and tribulations, situations in life, we have to make sure we do it with the mindset of knowing that this is going to leave an impression on someone. And so oftentimes the reason why the world is in the situation that is in is because I've, I, I believe, and this is just me, not theology, <laughs> but I believe it's because many of us have gotten away from the mind of Christ. Think about it this way. Think about if Capitol Hill operated in the mind of Christ. Think about if the United Nations operated in the mind of Christ. The world would be drastically different, and I believe that many people have gotten to a place that they've started to serve their own selfish ambitions, and the mind of Christ is nowhere in the picture. And we've gotten to a place where I believe, Pastor Kevin, that many people, if you ask them to describe or tell us what the mind of Christ is, sadly, many of them couldn't do it. They would just say, love somebody, which is true. But then when you ask them to demonstrate it, it gets a little fuzzier. Let's go to Philippians chapter number two, verse number five. I want you to, I want you to see this. Philippians chapter two, verse number five, it says, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Now, many people would just stop right there and they'll say, yeah, I'm going to have the mind of Christ, Dwayne. And then you see them at the red light and the person in front of them, they're looking at their cell phone and they forget how to demonstrate the mind of Christ. Because all they were ever taught was just that part of the scripture. But let's go a little further. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, um, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, watch this, and coming in the likeness of man, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even until the cross. That's the mind of Christ. That's the mind of Christ. Always being submitted to our Heavenly Father in situations where when even though our flesh may desire for us to do something contrary, we have to remain submitted. 
We, we, we have to have a mindset that we further the kingdom of God, the, the heavens. And when we do those things, we open up the gate so other people can walk in. Now, let's walk through a couple demonstrations of how he embodied this life. So there was a paralyzed man who was brought on a mat to Jesus. And this is in Matthew chapter number nine. As he brought this man to Jesus, as they brought him to Jesus and they, they lowered him through the ceiling, they, they, they asked the question. Jesus looked at their faith and he said, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. If you notice, there was no interrogation process. There, there was no dialogue about uh, were you out drinking and driving last night and had an accident and you were wrong, but now you want to come in here and you want me to heal you and make you whole. He simply said, uh, he, he, he said, take heart, son. Watch this. He even called him a son and didn't even know him. How many times God has placed people in our presence? And because we may not know them or we may not be acquainted with them, we withhold what we should have been given to them because of the fact that we're not familiar. The person at the store who may be on a hard time or the person who you know may be going through something and, and you know a little more of their story and you withhold certain things from them because there's a selfish part of you that says, well, part of it's his own fault. I'm just talking about the mind of Christ. And then there was another story where in John chapter number nine, it says that as Jesus passed by and he saw a man who was blind from his birth. Verse two says, and the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Notice the mind of Christ. Neither. but that the works of God should be made manifested in him. The mind of Christ is a mind that's compassionate. The mind of Christ is a patient mind. The mind of Christ is a long-suffering mind. The, the, the mind of Christ keeps no record of wrongdoing. If you want to dig deeper in it, as Pastor Kevin did a couple of weeks ago, he a couple of months ago, he went into first Corinthians chapter 13 and he began to talk about what love is. Love is the mind of Christ. Love is when you can look at somebody and you know that they've fallen short of his glory, but you don't look down on them to condemn them, but you look down to pick them back up. That's the mind of Christ. The, the mind of Christ isn't a mind where you try to uh, use the word to whoop somebody, but you use the word to help somebody. Yeah. Neither one of them sin. But God had a plan. One of my favorite stories is in John chapter number four, verse seven. Uh, verse seven. It says that when a Samaritan woman was coming to draw water from the well, Jesus saw her and said, will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said, um, you are a Jew. And I'm a Samaritan woman. I, how can you ask me for water? And in my Bible, there's parentheses. And it says, for Jews did not associate with Samaritans. And then verse uh, 10, Jesus answered and he said to him, he said, listen, ma'am, 
if you know the gift of God and who has asked you for water, then, then you would give it to me. So watch. First off, the woman shouldn't have been in his presence. But Jesus didn't let that stop him. Because the Bible said, as I read earlier in Philippians, it said that he was obedient even until the death. He, he, he knew that he came to do his father's will. And as he began to do those things, he didn't allow anything that any man or any woman put before him to stop him from fulfilling the will of God. Think about it this way. What if in our worst state. Jesus would have looked at us and said, I'm holy and you're sinful, so. You stay over there. What, what would happen if we were at the well and Jesus saw us and said, oh, I remember what they did. I'm going to go this way. The mind of Christ isn't a condemning mind. It's a loving mind. If we as Christians walk around in our mindset, it's a mindset that the only thing we want to do is condemn folk. We've missed the mark. If, if all we can do as believers is identify what people have done wrong, we miss the mark. If everything is about everything about us is about convicting somebody else, we miss the mark. He said, I've come that I might do my father's will. He said, my father's will is that no man should perish, but everybody have an opportunity at this thing called eternal life. So we have to make sure as we go through our lives and we do what God has called us to do, we don't have a judgmental mind, but we have a compassionate mind so that when God opens up the door and he gives us the ability to go out and witness and be the hands and feet in the world, that we don't miss the opportunity because our mindset isn't right. Because that person you saw in the store, that might be your only opportunity. And if that opportunity was filled with you condemning, what if that was their only chance? Yeah. One of my other favorite scriptures and stories in the Bible is the one that when Jesus was on the cross. He looked over. And the man that was to his right, he looked up and he said, have mercy on me. He said, remember me. And he looked over and he said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Think about that. Think about it. This man was convicted of something that was worth him being put to death. I don't know what the crime was. It could have been murder. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Ain't you glad that's the way that Jesus looked at our worst sin? Yes. Our worst sin that should have put us to death. Yeah. He looked over at him. He said, don't worry about it. You, you, you've answered it. You answered well. You asked the right question, and I'm giving you the right answer. And the answer that I'm giving you is eternal life. He said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. Even until the end, his mindset was a mindset to stay focused and do what the will of God was in his life. But let's go to Philippians and let's. Hopefully, try to give this to every believer that's in here this morning. 
as I looked at this, Miss Pat, I was shocked. Well, not shocked, but I, I, I'm grateful how the writer penned verse number five in the beginning. He said, let. And those of you know me, I, I hated English in school and college and all that. And, but as I've gotten older, I've gotten a better appreciation for words. Because words give insight. This verse in verse 5, in Philippians chapter number 2, it says, let, let. Which tells us, and it implies, Baron, that we have a choice. We have a choice of how we want to love our neighbor. We have a choice on how we want to serve humanity. We have a choice how we want to navigate through this thing called life. We have a choice. Because he said, he said, let it be. If you want to have the heart of God, the mind of Christ, he'll give it to you. You just got to let it happen. You got to submit yourself. You got to submit yourself to God. And as you study your word, the Bible says to Timothy, study to show thyself approved. And as you begin to study the word, you'll begin to find out that God wants to give you all of these great things. They say, what good father will want to withhold good things from his children? And I'll tell you this, that the mind of Christ is one of the best things that you can have. And so as I went through the scripture and I began to meditate on it, I began to look and I saw how he submitted himself as a servant. This week, I want to issue a challenge to you. Somebody's like, ooh. The challenge is step back. Ask God for an opportunity where you can show him how willing you are to serve him. It's going to be a tough challenge for some of you guys. Because what he presents to you is easy to serve somebody that you love. It's easy to serve somebody that you're acquainted with. But what if the person you have to show the mind of Christ to is somebody that hadn't gotten a Christmas card from you in a while? It gets difficult. But it gives you an opportunity to show your heart. It gives you an opportunity to show how mature you are in Christ. And listen, if you fail, guess what? That's a good checkup. Good checkup. It gives you an opportunity to say, you know what? I wasn't as compassionate as I should have been. So God, let me do it again tomorrow. God, I, 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 I didn't have mercy the way that you had it on me. So tomorrow, get, give me another opportunity so I can extend mercy to somebody. Because as we go through this thing called life, it's a process that we have to learn how to walk out day by day, step by step. And as we begin to do those things, our mindsets mature. I told you earlier when I showed you the picture of my son. Before he could speak a word, he had a certain mindset. The longer he walked, watch this, with his father, he matured. And as he matured, guess what? You saw him on the stage where now he could say something. I can't remember what it was. But then now they can mature to Jeff's class, and then Channing is now getting ready to do a message for the youth. The whole duration of the process, he was walking with his father, and he saw his father, and he saw something 
worth emulating. Yeah. As we walk with our Heavenly Father, we should mature. We should grow. And as we're maturing and growing, he'll bring us to a place of maturity where we should then be able to demonstrate his mindset. That's what this thing is about, y'all. He said that no man should perish, but everybody have an opportunity at eternal life. How's, he go how's that going to happen? It's going to happen by us demonstrating the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ, walking to the highways and the byways, still preaching the good news of Jesus Christ that still saves souls. And it starts with us. So let's mature. Let's continue to mature. Let's continue to develop and do what God has called us to do. Because I promise you, if you let this happen to you, you'll see fruit. You'll see fruit. Justin, you'll come up and lead us in worship. Let, let's just worship for a moment because there's a stillness. There's a stillness. There's a stillness that's in here. And as they're worshiping, some of you guys came in and you came in with heavy hearts. You came in with burdens. And I know a burden carrier. Some of you guys came in and you came in weighed down. But I know, as my grandmother calls, somebody who's a heavy load carrier. So as they begin to worship, Earlier this morning, there was a word that was given that there were warring angels that had descended in this place. And so sometimes you go through life and life gets difficult and you think that there's no hope. You think that this is the way that it just has to be. And God said, I've come that you might have life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. I didn't come for you to stay where you are. Those chains can be broken. You can receive every promise that I have to offer for you. But the thing I, I love about God is this. He's such a gentleman. I remember my grandmother would talk about him and she would say, baby, he'll do whatever you need him to do. She said, he's never failed me yet. Revelation says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And whosoever open up the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with them. And I'll never leave. He wants to freely give these things. But I want to pray one word over us. And then I believe that the floodgates of heaven are going to open. self-forgiveness you're worthy of the promises that God has made you you're worthy of every promise that God has made you receive this word hear what I'm saying you're worthy of every promise that God has made you it's a lot to tell yourself that you don't deserve it 
He wants to freely give it to you. Don't leave out of here today empty-handed. As they sing, I'm going to ask you guys to stand and the leaders of Ember that feel led to come up and minister along with me. I believe that people are going to come and we want to pray for them. We want to pray for them and touch and agree with them. The Bible says if two or three touch and agree whatsoever they desire, it shall be so. Don't leave out of here the way that you came.